up, y'all? It's the Dream Team crossover crew again. We got myself, Corbin. We got my boy, Carthen. We're here to break down the, the Wizards versus Lakers. This is the follow-up of our two-part miniseries. We did the first one. It's already out wherever you get your podcast, Apple, uh, Stitcher, um, where else? Google Podcasts, all of that. So that previewed this matchup with what we thought would be the three keys for each of our respective teams to win. Well... Yeah, boy, the Lakers end up getting this win. Uh, Anthony Davis had a monster game, 55 points with 17 rebounds. The Lakers took care of the Wizards, 130 to 119. We're going to do this a little differently. That's that's the basis of the game. Anthony Davis took over, Lakers won, but we're going to get the Wizards perspective here. And for that, I'm throwing over to Carthen, who got some thoughts. Carthen, my man, I know you're not doing too well with the Wizards' loss, but how are you feeling about this? What's some takeaways you have because you got your notes? <laughs> Thanks, Corbin, for for the intro. But yeah, man, I, I mean, I'm dumbfounded. It's like the tale of two games. First game, they decide they want to be Golden State Warriors and, and and throw up a whole bunch of threes when we're not even a three point shooting team. I mean, you look you, you look at the stats of the of the first uh, half. First half, they go five for twenty four for twenty one percent from three point range. They go um, 15 for 25 on two-point shots for a total of 24, uh, which is 60% for the two-point shots, which is a total of 20 for 49, 41% field goal percentage for the first half. The Wizards are on the three-point shooting team, so why are we putting up so many threes? I I tweeted out during the game where they were talking. I was like, the Wizards are shooting themselves out of this game early. I mean, Denny Avdia, 0 for 6, three-point shooting. He's a 28% three-point shooter for the, uh, for the season. It's a lot lower now and after today's uh, shooting performance. KP, 0 for 4. Kuzma, 0 for 3. We hogging up all these three-point sh- shots like we are Golden State Warriors and, and everybody on the team is, average, is averaging 38 39% or better on three-point shooting. Lakers going – Lakers sit there and they out rebound us. So it wasn't like we were getting any putbacks or anything like that. They just they sit up there, they they shot themselves out of the game. Come the second half, it's like a totally different team. They, they did the exact same thing to LA that they did to Charlotte the last game. They stopped playing big man ball. Everything was in the paint. They they crashed the boards. They didn't let nobody really get off in the paint in the second half. I mean, you look at it, shooting statistics. Like I said, they they didn't shoot very many threes in the second half. They go five for 15, three-point shooting, 33%. Two-point field goals, they go 24 for 41 for 58%, which is an overall total of 29 for 56 and shot 51%. They had 48 points on two-pointers in the second half. 48 points. They scored a grand total of 69 points in the second half where they where they outscored the Lakers 69-62. So it, the tale of the two halves, it was just mind-boggling. But on top of that, what, what's crazy about it is we all know I ain't saying nothing that no Lakers fan don't know. Even LeBron James said it himself. 
they ain't got a bunch of snipers. True that. No snipers at all. I, mean, I ain't gonna say no snipers at all. Oh, I was say, oh, don't get on now. <laughs> they got a couple. They got a couple shooters. I yeah, get yeah. Thank you. But but very very but they're limited on 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 shooters. That's fair. Everybody knows this. If you are going to make a defensive game plan for the Lakers, what is the best way to beat the Lakers? Stop them from doing what? Scoring in the paint. That's where the bread and butter is for the Lakers all season. Yeah. The Lakers scored 72 points in the paint tonight. 72. That's insane. It's pretty bad. I, if it was me, I'd be like this. We're not even playing. We're going to play 2-3 where we're not going to even extend past the, the, the free throw line. Where you're not going to score at is in the paint. You can score anywhere else. You can shoot the lights out. You're going to, you're going to shoot us into victory. But you ain't getting in the paint. Nobody's getting it. We going we just gonna clog the paint up and nobody's coming in here. We gonna we gonna crash the boards and then go play uh half court offense. Uh-huh. That right there, they didn't even do that. And I'm like, you let them score 72 points in the paint. It's like, where's the defense? In the words of Bradley Bill from two years ago, we couldn't even guard a parked car. That's how I felt. They scored, they let them score 68 points in the first half. 68 points. I'm like, come on, y'all. Y'all, you shooting yourself in the foot. Thank you. Thank you. I forgot I muted myself. Card thing with the hook up there. Now, you said it was self-inflicted wounds for the Wizards for sure. But, I mean, the Lakers played well. You know, we brought up the points about AD having a monster game. The second consecutive game where he has set a new season high in scoring. Um, this is a new Laker high with 55. Remember, AD's career high is 59 back with the Pelicans a couple years ago, right? Um, LeBron had a quiet game, and even his quiet game was 29 points. Eight rebounds in 34 minutes. And Lonnie Walker mentioned him in, in our preview. We said he's had a strong year. Is he going to step up? 20 points on 70% shooting. Four, four from three. Like, that did it. And you said it. Uh, the three-point shooting for the Lakers. First 10 games of the season, they were shooting 22% from three. The last 10, they've been 37.2. So, it was big. But I, I want to get back to you because I feel like the game changed once Bradley Beal injured his hamstring. I think once that happened... It was almost game, set, match. Because, yes, the Wizards definitely, you know, nipped themselves in the butt. I remember, for example, um, Kyle Kuzma, who had three fouls in the first half, finally gets to go in the fourth quarter, almost riding a comeback, then fouls an 80 put back, and he's out the game of the sixth. Like, a lot of that, the damage was done early. But I feel like losing Bradley Beal was big. He went to the locker room, never returned early in the game when he injured his hamstring. Uh, you tweet out that he's day-to-day, so we know that for sure. But once Bradley Beal had that hamstring injury, it, it, it just didn't feel great. This was three minutes into the game, and it, it just kind of felt done from then on. Like, I don't know, especially when you have guys like Rui Hachimura and, of course, DeLon Wright missing time. Uh, coincidentally, Wright also missing time with the hamstring injury. Like, good for Kyle Kuzma and Chris Porzingis to put some big numbers up in the third and fourth quarter, but 
it, it felt like it wasn't enough because of the stuff they did, but I also felt like they were down a man in Bradley Beal who really could have made a big difference because after that, you kind of shorthanded. No, no disrespect to Jordan Goodwin or anyone like that. You remember a couple episodes ago, we had a conversation, and when me and you talk off air, we talk about it all the time. The Wizards have an identity crisis. We do. They don't play the same way when Bradley Bill is there and when he's not there. The game plans are two totally different game plans. And because of that, it's almost like they went into today's game with the game plan of Bradley Bill is here. When Bradley Bill went out, they did not switch over to the other game plan of constant ball movement, driving to the basket, playing playing through KP and Kyle Kuzma. They still played a lot of perimeter ball like they do when, when Bradley Bill was there instead of trying to get in the paint, using their size to their advantage. And because of that, that allowed – the Lakers to get out into that large lead. And then when they made, they waited until halftime to make these adjustments. And I'm like, you have timeouts. You call them. When you call the timeouts, you don't make the adjustments necessary. When the time, when you call the timeout to say, Hey, we're going to this game plan. Let's get in the paint. Let's start scoring in the paint because the Wizards, it's not like they can't do it. I mean, the Lakers scored 72 points in the paint today. But Washington scored 62 points in the paint. So it's not like they can't do it. It's just they are – they want to be this three-point shooting team but they don't pay attention to the fact that they can't shoot threes. Yeah. They get, mm-hmm. they, and, and they have those false hope games is what I call them. We had like a two or three game span where the Wizards was knocking down shot, knocking down threes at a 40 something point clip. Mm-hmm. But I, but as I've been tweeting out and we've been talking all year, the Wizards aren't a three point shooting team. The less threes they shoot, the better chance they have of winning. Mm-hmm. And for a while, we kept talking and I kept telling you, I was like, if they shoot under 25 three-pointers in a game, their their chances of winning are greater because that means that they're getting to the basket, they're being aggressive, they're going to they're, they're going to the hoop and they're shooting two-point shots. Yeah. And tonight was a was a perfect example of that. The two different halves. They shot a grand total of 10 for 39 on three-point shots. 10 for 39. Jeez. You can't beat nobody. You can't win in the NBA when you only shoot, when you're shooting that many threes. Not if you're not making a decent, yeah. missing that many threes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, come on. They, they said on the game today that the Lakers, they, uh, they only average nine three-point makes a game. Tonight they made 10, but they only shot, I think it was 25. So you know they're not putting up that many threes. They're playing to their advantage. 
Yeah, which was the paint. That front line, Anthony Davis dominated. Go there. LeBron James generating shots at the basket. Um, Russell Westbrook off the bench. Not efficient, but generating shots at the basket. When you have guys like, you know, Lonnie Walker knocking down four or four from three. Austin Reeves having a decent game from the perimeter. Like, then you are okay, and you don't have to rely on chucking up shots like you do when better defensive teams play the Lakers and say, okay, bombs away. You know what I mean? So I definitely am with you on that. Like, it is something to be said for the fact the Lakers stay within their shot profile and sadly didn't get a lot of resistance from the Wizards. They were content to give them that. How many backcourt, back um, back cuts did we see the um, Lakers execute in the second half, right? We saw Lonnie Walker get a nice slam on a simple misread by Corey Kispert. Don't know what he was looking at. Just simple back cut. Boom. He was uh he was admiring the fame. That, that that that's my that's my <laughs> guess, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> there you go. No, I can't. He, he saw he a was... fame that, that that caught his eye, and Lonnie Walker was like, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> and then took it. Yep, exactly. We saw the lob hey. over the top. The lob to AD was there all night long. It was, but the, the, the thing that killed the Wizards the most, mm-hmm. and it happened in two two games recently, Miami and the Lakers, they have piss-poor pick-and-roll defense. Amen. Piss-poor. Bam Adebayo dropped like 30, I think it was 35 points in the last game that they played against the Wizards in Miami. And he scored majority of his points on pick-and-roll. A.D., was killing them tonight in pick and roll. He didn't even make that many shots. He made, I think he might have made two, three, one or two threes. He made a couple of jumpers, but everything else was in the paint. I'm like, you see this dude is making shots in the paint. Stop him from coming in the paint. And they did a better job when they went big. When they put when they had the the the, the front court lineup of Kyle Kuzma, uh, KP, and Daniel Gafford, when they had that front lineup in, they did a better job at stopping AD. However, they couldn't play the whole game. Kyle Kuzma couldn't stay out of foul trouble. But the thing that that I don't understand is why didn't we stay big? If being big was working, play the guys that are big. Play Denny more, but tell Denny, don't shoot no threes. Play um, Taj Gibson. If they're not down at the G League, play Todd. Play Curry. Stay big, though. Stay with what's working. Why do you think they keep going away from that? Analytics. Interesting. What do you mean by that? In today's NBA, if you listen to a lot of people, they talk, they say, analytics say threes are better than twos. Yeah. The, 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 an elementary school student understands that. True. Three is more than two. But we don't talk about percentages. We don't talk about that. Those are things that don't get talked about. It's always threes are better than twos. Threes are better than twos. But the, yeah. but the NBA average for three-point shooting throughout the entire league is, tw- is 35%. If you go per 100s mm-hmm. and say you put up 35 shots, 35 three-pointers 
you're going to make out of 100. You do those numbers. That's 105 points. Yeah. If your team is averaging 58, 59% on twos, mm -hmm. you do those numbers, you're now in the one, 118, 120-ish range per 100 shots. Sure. So going into – so always saying that threes are better than twos, that's not necessarily the case. There's too many times where you see teams that got easy layups that they can just go and get a two-pointer, but yet they kick it out to the three-point line for somebody to try to knock down a three. So you give up you, you give up two easy points to try to make a harder three-point shot, and then when they miss it, now you have nothing. So that's when I sit there and I say analytics is the – analytics – is a great tool for the NBA, mm -hmm. but it does not over, it should not overpower the knowledge of the game. If your team isn't a good three-point shooting team, you shouldn't be shooting threes. Mm. Subsequently, yeah. if you are a good three-point shooting team, you should shoot threes. Boston should shoot threes. Golden State should shoot threes. Yeah. These are teams that are in the top. I think they're the threes, top two yeah. in the league. Mm -hmm. Three-point shots. Yep. They should be shooting threes. They have the snipers to do it. However, Washington does not. <laughs> it's KYP, man. But what Washington has is Washington is one of the biggest teams in the league. True. They can put a lineup out there on the court where they have a point where if they decide, oh, we want to run Bradley Bills to point, but we want to have a big lineup. You can put a big lineup and say, Bradley Bills going at the point guard. We're going to put Denny Avdi at the two. He's 6'9. We're going to put KP, I mean, we're going to put Kyle Kuzma at the three. He's 6'10. We're going to put uh, KP at the four. He's 7'3. We're going to put Daniel Gafford at the five. He's 6'11. So now you got a lineup where you got a a short point guard, but everybody else is six nine or taller. There's no reason that you should be getting blasted on the boards the way that they do. And then you look at the bench coming. You look at their bench coming. Uh, with if they just go with that lineup, and you say I want to stay big today. You look at that lineup when Delon Wright comes back. He's six five. He's a point guard. Mm -hmm. You got. Corey Kispert, 6'11". Mm -hmm. Rui Hachimura, 6'8". Like I say, they don't give him much playing time, but Vernon Curry, 6'9". Isaiah Todd, 6'11". Taj Gibson, 6'9". Um, Davis, 6'6". Will Barton, who can run the point, 6'6". The Wizards are a huge team, but they don't play big. There's many times when you watch the game and you only got one person in there trying to grab a rebound. But then you look at the last two games when it went, uh, when they went big in the second half, the last two games, and they start crashing the boards. They're killing people on the boards. KP, Daniel Gafford, Kyle Kuzma in the game, and they're crashing the boards. They're killing them. And I'm like, this is what you should be doing all game. You got the, you got the lineup to stay big. 
Yeah, you got people like Bradley Bill. Yeah, you got people like Monte Morris. But outside of those two, everybody else is six, six, five, six, six or greater. You look at your Lakers squad. Y'all have nobody on your squad that is seven feet tall. I'm you have two Damian people. Jones. We got Damian yeah. Jones. You have Damian Jones. But he's not on, in our he's not in our rotation. So, but but even with him not being in rotation, if you go off of um basketball reference and look at the and, and look at your lineup, Damian Jones is only six six eleven. Oh, uh, so that's you got cap. Damian Jones is six <laughs> eleven. You got eight. You got ADS six ten, and then everybody else is six nine or, or shorter. So y'all don't have a tall team. Not necessarily. Yeah, it's not the twenty twenty Lakers. That's for sure. And because y'all don't have a tall team, it's like you have the ability to go in there big. There's no reason that Russell Westbrook should be going in there amongst our giants and grabbing boards if we are all, if we got three to four big dudes down there in the on the block trying to grab boards. It's no reason. But speaking of Russell Westbrook, today was a prime example. Of of Russell Westbrook's worth, he had 15 dimes today. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook, I was I was talking to my best friend who's also a Lakers fan, mm-hmm. and I was telling him today was the day that everybody was able to see what Russell Westbrook brought to the Wizards last year. Yeah, he was Mister Triple Double last year. Yeah, he averaged a triple double. That's great, but it's not just that that made Russell Westbrook great for this team. They didn't go 17 and 6 in the uh, in, in April to and to finish the season off because Russell Westbrook was Mr. Triple Double because if that was the case we would have been doing that all year long. It was the fact that the team had bought into what Russell Westbrook was preaching the entire year. And that was he didn't take no he did not take any of this not playing with all your heart and and not playing, not giving 100%. He didn't take that. These guys don't give 100%. Bradley Bill isn't, Bradley Bill is not getting the same thing out of these players that um, Russell Westbrook was able to get out of the team last year. We have a way more talented team. This, uh, we have a way more talented team this year than the year Russell Westbrook was here two yes, years ago. Not even close. You're right. Way more talented team. Mm-hmm. And yet, we played harder two years ago than we played now. And I would tell you that as a Wizards fan, mm-hmm. When you all let him go next year, because y'all ain't going to pick him back up. I mean, listen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would go back and get him. Bradley okay. Bill played better as a shooting guard with Russell Westbrook next to him. Does Russell Westbrook make a lot of turnovers? Yes. Is he inefficient? His, yeah. But his, uh, even with the amount, of, uh, the amount of turnovers that he creates in a game, his assist-to-turnover ratio is still a plus because not only the fact – you can't just look at his stats as, oh, he had this many assists in this game. 
No, you got to look at the hockey assist as well because he's still one of the best low post point guards in the league. He will back a person down. And when he get going, teams start double teaming. And when they start double teaming, then you sit up there and he swing it out and then the ball starts to move around the perimeter and it get creates people um, open looks. There's so much more to Russell Westbrook's game that is a positive than the few negatives that he has of, oh, he can't shoot. Well, you can kind of curb that if he if he feels he has the people on his team that can knock down the shots, he doesn't shoot as much. You see that here with the Lakers. He doesn't put up as many shots as he did when he was with Washington. But that's because he also knows he has better shooters and a better overall talented roster with the Lakers than he did the year he was with us. So I sit there and I say, I think that Washington needs to play the way that they played in the second half the entire game. And if not, they're going to lose a lot more games than they're going to win because they're going to always be playing from behind in the second half. That makes sense. It's, 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 it's a troubling trend that they've done in recent games that we've seen and that you've documented from the beginning. Uh, and unfortunately, it doesn't look like it has any chance of changing now. But hopefully it does. You know, hopefully West Unseld can get to these guys and and they realize where they went wrong, how this game was kind of, they had a comeback for a minute. Where the Lakers came around of gas, you know, the backcourt for the Lakers of Russell Westbrook had a moment where he was kind of bad in the, in the second half in the fourth quarter. Pat Beverly was pretty bad. You know, um, Dennis Schroeder was turning the ball over. And the Wizards kind of got back into it for a bit. So, yeah, maybe that was the wake-up call they need to kind of snap back and, and be more productive at the gate with attention to detail, like you're bringing up. But my next question to you is this. If, if um, Bradley Beal is out for the next couple of games, because it is told that it was day-to-day, um, and we assume the Wizards are not going to go big. They're going to keep the same type of unit that they've had, you know, Monte Morris, um, probably bringing in Will Barton, whatever the case may be. The Wizards have the Bulls this upcoming Wednesday, the Pacers, a frisky team that we've already seen how they played against on Friday, then the Clippers and Nets on Saturday and upcoming Monday. What do you think will be the keys for the Wizards to be in those games? Because all those opponents, whether the record indicates or not, are going to be pretty tough. They are. But, again, they got to play big, and they got to play aggressive. If they are not playing in attack mode like they did in the second half, they will lose every one of those games. None of those teams that you name has the length to play with Washington if they play to their strengths. That's one of the other things that 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 I don't like about the NBA is they talk about this positional positionless basketball and so on and so forth. Basketball has always been about matchups. It's it's as long as I can remember, it's always been about matchups. Who matches up best against who? And the problem that so many teams have now is everybody wants to be Golden State. Oh, we got this positionless basketball. We can play small, this, 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 that, and the other. No, not every team is Golden State. Not every team can play small. However, every team has a strength that they can exploit the other team with. And Washington's strength is their length, their height. 
and and their big men are not guys like Stephen Adams, where they're really big guys, but they're not super duper athletic, where they can use their size to do what they do best, grab rebounds and 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 play solid defense and stuff. They don't have guys like that. Their guys are very athletic, can move, can do things with the ball, can create on their own. They have a unique dynamic to their team that kind of blends both worlds of a basket of, of basketball. Not only can they play big, which a lot of teams seem to be shying away from, but they can still also play. They can also still have a very skilled team, like most other teams. So now you got this really big team that's very athletic and very skilled, but you don't play to your strength. There's no reason why Denny shoots six three-point shots in the first half when you only average twenty-eight points. I mean, when you only average have a twenty-eight percent. Uh, three-point shooting. There's no reason for you to be shooting that many times. Yeah, okay. They like, we want you to be more aggressive and and if the shot is there and you're open, shoot it. Okay, that's great. But you score more when you're in, when you're inside of the two-point, when you're inside the three-point line. So if you score more when you're there and they're playing 15 feet off of you, they're not even running at you when you are standing there at the three-point line. So if they just stop and get ready to rebound, you go to the basket. You get closer to where you know you typically make your shots. And you, if you're going to shoot, take a shot at your area. So playing to your like, strengths, manufacturing good offense. Right. Instead of playing to analytics, three points better than two points. No, a make is better than a miss. All over the world. That's that's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty basic, there, bro. You did break it down well. You make a shot. You keep getting the offense in position that you then are able to defend and and, and play the game basketball. Like scoring is good. That's kind of how the game is done. So I'm with you on that. I mean, for the Lakers, I mean, this really was a wizard centric focus. But for the Lakers right now, they're playing well. You know, Ryan a good high won several games. You broke down Russell Westbrook's impact. Obviously, AD's been a monster, and if he's playing this well, um, he's going to move into my MVP conversation. And it's going to be hard because you have guys like Luka Doncic, like Steph Curry, Jason Tatum overall. But, you know, if we keep seeing plays like this from AD, it's dom- his dominance, it, it, it can't be overstated. It's been real for this Lakers team and had a great impact. And LeBron, that ankle is troublesome, but aside from that, he's still getting his numbers. He's still one of the best players um, in the game, maybe more toward the top 20 than top 10 or top five, but definitely in that conversation for sure. So Lakers have a tough matchup coming up Tuesday against Cleveland Cavaliers. That'll be a fun matchup to see against that front line of Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. How does AD stack up with them? Uh, And then also how do the Lakers contain the guards? Because Donovan Mitchell and of course, Darius Garland are no joke and Lakers guards kind of hit and miss in the defensive department. So that'll be fun for sure. But this has been, Quite the crossover card. We're going to have to wait for the next Lakers-Wizards games to do another of these rapid-fire two-day, two-podcast specials for sure. But uh, we'll be rocking on this every episode for Sports Ethos Wizards. And so with that, tell the good folks so they can find you, man. You'll be pumping out stuff every week. 
Again, y'all can find me on Wizards Ethos, uh, Ethos Wizards on Twitter. You can find me on Carthen NBA. That's C A R T H A N N B A. And also find me at that same uh, name on Instagram, Carthen NBA. You can start looking for uh, some good little shorts coming from me on Carthen NBA. I haven't started that yet, but that's coming soon. But I did want to say one more thing before we got off when it comes to the Lakers. Okay, let's get it. When it comes to AD, I don't start looking at MVP until they're about 50 games into the season. They only We're only 20, 21 games into the season for the most part. If AD keeps playing the way that he's playing right now, mm-hmm. at one, the Lakers record will improve drastically very quickly. But also, he keeps playing at this at, at this rate. There won't be a discussion of who's the MVP of the league because if Darvin Ham continues to deploy the team the way that he's been deploying it, where they're where they're focusing their number one option is AD, and they're doing whatever they can to feed him. He will be the MVP of the league this year. That's perfect timing to put that ESPN bumper in there. That's perfect timing because that's bold. I'm going to say, Carthen, not because of AD's play, because AD's been very, very well, as we know, just because of all the other talent right on the NBA that have been playing at the top of their game toward the top. Like we said, Aluka, Steph Curry, um, uh, uh, Jason Tatum, all those cats out there have been balling out their minds. So that's why it was hard for me to see AD pushing past. But like you said, he keep those numbers up there. I'm willing to say it. Like I said, I can say it's bold and also say I'm willing to back it up. You know, so that for sure is something that's going to be interesting to monitor looking down in the future for this Lakers squad. But all we can say without a doubt is that if you have an AD plan like this, the Lakers are in a much better position to win. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about that. That is just the simple truth there. Yeah, I mean, I mean that nobody's putting up numbers like AD is right now. Mm-mm. Nobody. I don't care. You, Jason Tatum, Luka, Embiid, Jokic. Mm-hmm. It don't matter who it is. Nobody, Giannis, nobody's putting up numbers like AD is putting up right now. Mm-mm. And the big thing is, with the Lakers, they have now started to transition the focus of the offense towards him and not towards LeBron. And because of that, we're seeing the results that we're seeing now. And again, the one thing that people aren't paying attention to and taking into account, Russell Westbrook is one of the best guards when it comes to assist and he knows how to get a ball to a player where most other people can't get it to him. Yep. Because of that, if he starts to feed AD, Uh AD is going to put up ridiculous numbers. There's the keys right there. You heard it here, y'all. We are out of time for this show, but listen, check us out on sports ethos, Washington wizards, every get your podcast for Carthen for myself. It's been a great one. We'll see you next time. All right, y'all.